This is Kan Zenshu, the podcast, episode 472, for the week of April 28th, 2019. Good morning, and welcome to Kan Zenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzenshu. Yes, sir. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Julian, it's the day after a convention, and it's well, it wasn't a tough one, but it's still the day after a convention. Yes, I'm. I'm hoping I'm not getting the concrud. There is a Wash little bit of something in my throat. Yeah, feel that. Uh, it's tough to podcast in the morning too. Hey, dude, it's uh, nice to have you. You're here in person. I know it's uh, a familiar setting. The Mike's dungeon. <laughs> the Mike's dungeon filled with mics. Yes. <laughs> so we just got back from Castle Point Anime Convention here in New Jersey. Uh, we spent the one day there. It was great. We did a panel on basically spinoff manga, and then we did a podcast panel later in the day. I did record both. I actually video recorded both. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to do anything with the video, at least now, but the audio from the panels will likely be uh, one episode. will probably be next week's regular episode, and then the podcast uh, audio from the podcast panel will probably be like a bonus. It's not really about drag. Dragon Ball, but maybe I'll do like a mid next week, something like that for that. So if you were at the convention, just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming out. Some good friends came out. I love seeing Joe, obviously, every time we get a chance to see Joe. He just uh, seems to pop up in he every does. situation. <laughs> I knew he was coming, but that's okay. Uh, Albert, surprise appearance. Uh, you know, I feel bad every time he shows up. I'm like, hey, help me move a table or something, but he's always <laughs> gracious enough to help me with everything. Uh, Sean Kaboom showed up for this panel, uh, this convention as well. Always great to see see him i don't get a chance to see sean as often as i'd like to these days uh and then we had some other old and new friends alike show up at the convention i want to give a shout out in particular to david who came out i'm pretty sure david i've met you in the past and i apologize that i didn't remember that i want to say correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure we've met before uh but thank you for coming to the panels you had great questions uh and i know you're really looking forward to asking julian some language questions afterward of, uh, about your upcoming adventures over there in japan and thank you to all the new friends we met we had some uh very eager interested people you know when we can connect on that individual level and spark something new in someone i love seeing that that that's that does it for me right there. Absolutely. Yeah. So we had a blast. We did. We did. We had a good time. Uh, and now we get to hang out for a little bit together and knock out maybe one podcast episode, which is what you're listening to now. Uh, and because it's the day after a convention, we're going to take things really casual this episode. It's going to be very, very just freeform discussion focused. We do have an actual topic, uh, something I've seen some chatter about really post Dragon Ball Super Broly. And you wonder, well, what are you guys going to talk about? You already talked about the movie itself. Well, we're going to talk about names. We're going to talk about spellings. Why would you be talking about that post Broly? Well, look at the name itself and the conundrum that we've run <laughs> ourselves into. Uh, Julian, as the longest resident translator and uh, name decider here with us, I figured this is something I can really uh, chew on with you, get your perspective on it. It's certainly changed over the years, I'm sure, too. It, it has, yeah. Especially as I become more proficient in Japanese and strive to create something that's a little bit more natural in terms of translation rather than trying to force uh, just the Japanese name on everything, you know? Try and make something that's a little bit more natural for um, English speakers to deal with. So name spellings is what we're talking about. It's the uh, why do you choose what you choose? How do you choose it? And why do you feel like you're special and you can choose things that the official companies don't choose or in some of these cases maybe they did choose and then 
moved on from. It's a really weird situation. And I think Dragon Ball is kind of unique in this because we don't have characters that are just straight up Japanese names. They're all plays on things and they can be plays on words and phrases from entirely different languages. And to make that all work, quote unquote, in English is really challenging <laughs> and isn't always self-consistent with itself. And you have to acknowledge that. Right. And there's a lot of decisions to be made. It's not an automatic process by any means. No, no. That's what we're talking about this week on the show. Super, super inside baseball, Konzenshu stuff on uh, name spellings. We're going to have some examples to go through with you. And you know, maybe we can learn from Julian what went into the decision on some of these names. I'm excited to hear. I know what all the answers are, but <laughs> <laughs> we kind of live vicariously through the audience. You know, we go through this. Uh, that's what we're talking about this week. So let's get on into it. Where I want to start with this is I think something a lot of people forget about. Uh, Julian Viz began releasing the Dragon Ball manga in 1998. They themselves have been doing this for 21 years. Yes, they have. Point. When Viz started, uh, they made a big point, a big splash about we are using faithful names in our manga adaptation. Uh, they were not and never felt beholden to go with anything that Funimation was going with at the time. Uh, and it made sense because at various points they might be ahead of or behind what Funimation was doing. Right. Consider the split of the manga and also the split of the TV series. In 1998, Funimation had moved on from the first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball to only be doing Z and would still only be doing Z for a while. So while Viz was doing the original manga, they had all of those span of chapters to go through and all those characters, the early ones to come up with names for. Never mind everybody <laughs> the else, of, yeah. the Frieza arc, the Cell arc and all that stuff. I, I think that's just a real key point in official Dragon Ball history. That you didn't have two competing companies because they were really working not in tandem with each other, but in support of each other. You know, one That's bolsters true. the other. In, in, a, in, a, in a sense, yes. I mean, this was sort of before the age where the Japanese uh, rights holders had any kind of global strategy. So they, sure. would, they would license things to people who came to them with money and a strategy for putting it out. And they would kind of let them do their own thing within reason. There was no single consistent style sheet about how anybody was to translate certain things. The most important thing for the uh, Japanese companies is that they were making money off of it. <laughs> right, right. I do want to give a brief little nod to Final Bout as well, actually, in 1997. Funimation wasn't involved in that. That was straight up Bandai themselves. Uh, right, as, yeah. as seen not just through the script to the game. But the totally separate dub cast that was used <laughs> in that game. And so they had to come up with their own spellings for things as well. I mean, we got Baby in 1997, officially here in America, long before Funimation would get to it. That's absolutely right. So it's like getting a sneak preview of stuff that comes out later on. And again, without anything from an official dub to work off of, they're they're doing their own thing as a matter of course. And also think about where Funimation themselves were as a company, even still in 1998, where they don't have their own internal studio yet. They're still working with an outside syndication distributor. They're, they're not the anime powerhouse quasi-monopoly that they are right. today. They're, they're still known for these oddball other stuff that they've done, like, what is it, cyborgs? Cyborgs and, and Professor something, I don't remember what the other <laughs> one was. Right, right. Was there one that we're not entirely convinced ever actually existed? Maybe it was cyborgs. <laughs> they, they put it on there. On their resume, yes. as it were. No one, no one did the uh, follow-up with the prior jobs. I do also want to talk about, we're, we're sticking in this time period for a little bit, because I love this. 
while Funimation is distributing the first couple seasons in syndication, Bandai themselves, separate from Final Bout, are starting to release action figures. They put out the Super Battle Collection series of figures. And I would just like to say, when it first came out, Frieza was spelled with two E's on official merchandise <laughs> before the character showed up in Funimation's English dub. Uh, and we saw a lot of other potential names for characters. We had things like Mr. Savage hanging out there. We wouldn't get to Mr. Satan for years at this point. right? But if Bandai's putting this stuff out, they're coming up with, like you mentioned, their own internal style sheet for this character literally has no reference from an official company in English. What do we do with it? Uh, and they independently come up with their own decisions. They're not all talking together. Funimation doesn't have the weight to swing around. They're not involved with all of the merchandise and the video games like they are today. So everyone's competing with themselves. Right. And there's no diktats coming fr from on high. So. No, no, nothing there. <laughs> As there eventually would be. They're just like, yeah, uh, you get the license, do whatever. Right. Let's talk about some of these names and some of the uh, conundrums we've run into. Can we start with Roly himself? Yes. I feel like this kind of kickstarted uh, it. I see a lot of really <laughs> backhanded, passive-aggressive, or straight-up aggressive questions and comments directed at us <laughs> uh, about this. I, I think it's fair. If you don't really know the contextual history for this, it looks absurd. Julian, we are spelling the character's name with an I, and when we refer to the movie... We spell it with a Y. Yes. This is a stupid decision. It makes absolutely no sense. I own full responsibility for it myself, but I don't see any other way out of this. Yes. And I don't see this as our fault necessarily because we used the I spelling before Funimation dubbed the 1993 movie in the early 2000s. Well, not just that. We used that I spelling before then. Furthermore, Steve Simmons, up until this point, has used the I spelling in Funimation's official translation script. Oh, that's right. Yes. So that I spelling has existed. I feel like that's one of those examples of Krillin versus Kudadin where Viz has been using it this whole time. It's not some strange spelling that no one's ever seen before, has never been used before. Like it exists right there in an official product. Yes. The only difference is that now uh, the powers that be in the form of people like Toei Animation, are saying, please use this spelling in all official releases. Right. And um, they don't always make the best decisions. We'll talk about some of those as we get moving forward. I see where they're going with for this. I feel like they're 20 years too late in making this mandate. <laughs> some To an extent. I mean, we've been around for quite a long while now. But yeah, we've, we've always spelled the character's name with an I. And yet the official English title of the movie is Dragon Ball Super Broly with a Y. And what's really tough about this one is unlike movie eight, which Funimation gave its own title, we could just refer to it as the Japanese title and with the Japanese names and it didn't affect their dub of the movie. This movie straight up has an English title. Yes. It's in the logo <laughs> in Japan. So <laughs> like, the way around it. <laughs> can we actually take a, a step back with a movie and talk about Fukatsu no Efu? Because yes. this is something we ran into, and if they had just done a couple things a little earlier, we could have all been on the same page. We, we ended up adopting what they went with, because yes. it, it made total sense. But Julian, for the longest time, all we had was the Japanese title, and we ran with it. Yeah, uh, particularly the uh, initial logos for the movie and the announcement were solely in Japanese, with Hukatsu no F listed on the title. And we just did a literal translation, revival of F. That makes sense. Freeze is coming back to life to uh, attack the heroes once again. 
But again, it was the kind of thing that we had been using as a standard thing for Fukatsu for a long time. And what are we going to do? We're not going to call the movie exclusively by its Japanese title. It's kind of different from a name where we don't know what the underlying pun source might be. And we're kind of wishy-washy on what we want to go with until we get more information. This is just a title. You can translate the title of a movie. Why wouldn't we translate the title of a movie? Right. So, you know, for lack of any other information at the time, we sensibly went with Revival of F. And you see so many people still call it ROF these days, Mm -hmm. and I think we're to thank for that, which is It's possible, yeah. (laughs) But uh, it it wasn't long after that. Well, it was a little bit, but uh, was the first instance of Resurrection F the theatrical booklet release? I feel like it was around there that we first started seeing that. It, I think it was around that time. Where, Released in the movie itself. Um, it was after uh, Funimation had announced that they would be doing their own premiere. Up until that point, they hadn't been using that English title in Japanese media. Right, right. And then suddenly you had them start using Resurrection F, written in English, alongside mm-hmm. the Japanese logo. In right, right. Japanese merchandise. Yeah, so it's like, definitely okay. on the back of the book. <laughs> And that's one where it's all right. That's it's a slick name. I I got to give it to him. That, that's a pretty good way to condense that down. Oh, absolutely. The only difference, different thing that I would do is I would use a colon after resurrection. Mm. Resurrection F. Yeah, and I like not that. just one phrase. Oh, but, that's pretty cool. Uh, but we did end up switching with that because that was you know, a, a valid, perfectly valid, and we kind of agreed with the artistic, uh, you know, marketing direction of that. So we didn't have a problem. That does make it difficult where you go back through our archives and we say things like revival of F, but I think it's important not to change that because those were written right. with, with the information available at the time. Absolutely. It's, it's about, you know, integrity in terms of that. We're not going to alter the historical record to make it consistent with what we believe <laughs> now. That's like, want. that's, that's 1984 levels of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, messing with, uh, the timeline there we're gonna jump back one more movie this was a fun one uh, we could talk about kami tokami uh versus battle of gods i don't think there's much to say there because from the very outset that's what we had yes and we kind of we we used a literal translation of the japanese alongside the english title that they were giving it yeah, so yeah. um and in casual conversation we've always just said battle of gods there's no reason not to right so there was no issue there to be honest right let's talk about beerus though because that was the tough one. And oh, yes. You were active in kind of pulling this story apart. And we got an answer. and We got the wrong answer. And then we got more information. Give me right. a little back history on uh, the character's name here. Okay. So the the character's name in Japanese is Bidusu. Three uh, katakana, Bidusu. Because there was also a character named Whis and Toriyama is well known for his food and drink-based name puns, we kind of assume maybe it was like alcohol- you kind so, of thought Pilsner at first, yes, actually. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought probably Pilsner, and I started out kind of spelling it B-I-L-S, um, because that makes a natural parallel with Pilsner. Um, I think you actually only used that once, and then we were like, I don't know about this Yes, one. and then I reached out to the scriptwriter on Twitter, and he's like, is this the name pun? Did I get it right? And he goes, <laughs> that's not the source. And I think, oh, Oh, could you tell us what it is then? <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he doesn't. But um, so I'm like, crap. Uh, <laughs> All right, now what? <laughs> so I start spelling it just as a literal trans transliteration of, of the Japanese. Bidusu. Right. And that's kind of what we've decided will be our style guide for names when it's not obvious or we don't have a really, really kind of super good guess on something. Luckily, we haven't really run into a situation where we're like, I don't know, man. 
this could be anything. We, we just don't have that problem. <laughs> if you think about the tournament of power, I mean, they're all families of name puns for the most part. So that made it really easy to start piecing things together. But right. at this point, we weren't entirely sure. And it was the first real new feature length thing in a long time. Didn't know what they were going to Were they setting up a new family of puns? Who knew? Right. And in this case, it, it helped that eventually we found the answer in uh, an interview. Uh, it's like a twofold answer. Yes, actually two different interviews. There was one where um, the scriptwriter for the movie talks about how originally Beatrice was going to be a different kind of character uh, who infected um, characters with evil. So the wheel starts spinning. Oh, it must be a pun on virus then. So for... A little bit. I was thinking maybe we should spell it B-I-R-U-S. Right. But then the other piece of the puzzle comes in where Toriyama admits that, oh, apparently it was supposed to be based on virus, but I thought it was beer. And then I made this other character, Whis, who wasn't in the original script, and I uh, made it off a of whiskey. So, okay, so it's virus and it's alcohol. <laughs> so I made a compromise spelling, so B-E-E-R-U-S, and uh, that's what we went with ever since. And um, Hold on. April 1st, 2013, 9.17 a.m. <laughs> that is when you made the call on B-E-E-R-U-S. <laughs> I think it was an email. I, I dug up a timestamp for this at some point. And as I recall, there was still some opposition within the ranks. but yep. Which makes sense. I mean, we don't always, all four of us at the time, agree on everything, but someone's going to make a call at some point. Right. And I don't know, you had <laughs> authority. I, I had the most force of will <laughs> in that one. And so that's what we went with. And eventually Funimation actually went with that as well. So we we were the first. Exactly. And that's what I want to talk about, because you, you think about an example like Broly, where we actually were in agreement with the Japanese translation half of Funimation, but not the English dub half of Funimation. This is the exact flip of that, where the name that we were using ended up being adopted in Funimation's English dubs. Like the dub followed what we did. This is one of those examples that people, I, I really hate getting into the nitty gritty of the, all right, these are the things I've read where people disagree with us and they have problems with the, the things we do. But I think it's important to bring up these examples like, guys, the dub did what we did. It's not that we didn't go with the dub. It's the exact opposite. Meanwhile, Toei starts putting things out for Battle of Gods in Japan, and they assign an English spelling for the character's name. That's B-E-E-R-S, yeah. And that's what Steve Simmons used in his uh, subtitle track for the movie in its home release. Which makes sense because obviously he was going to piece together the name puns as well. Uh, maybe at that point they had seen he had seen this material and it's very likely. Yes, it's even possible that that's what Toei wanted him to use at the time, especially if they were using that in their own materials. Well, Toei was sending out the B-I-L-L-S spelling out to lots of foreign marketers. Uh, right. Were they getting that off of... Uh, you know where <laughs> well possibly <laughs> who knows but this is just the strangest i love this example because kind of no one agrees with anyone <laughs> on the spelling except the dub went with the spelling that we happen to go with so by coincidence i don't know i just love this example <laughs> it's so weird yes i i agree with that and eventually uh in later marketing materials they actually switch over to b-e-r-u-s yeah i think post battle of gods everything with that character in japan has been with the the u spelling uh so they they kind of adopted what funimation went with they just kind of mirrored that and that's something we're going to see with some of these later names as well where they just kind of look to what the the foreign licensees are doing like huh that seems fine 
We'll just use that. Was that the best choice to begin with? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but... Sometimes it comes down to happenstance, especially when there's no good argument against it. Can we talk about Jake's one? Because this is amazing. Oh, yes. So the Omni King. So obviously Jake was doing live summaries and then doing uh, recap summaries uh, as Dragon Ball Super episodes were airing for the first time. Yep. And during episode 40, which was in April 2016, uh, this new character showed up, Zen O. And Jake's working his way through just making up tweets and like, okay, here's what it is. What do I call this? He's like, is it cool if I just call him Omni King? Because that's what I'm going to go with. And the three of us were like, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I had no argument against it. It makes sense. It's a perfect encapsulation of that. I think it's a great localization of that as well. Uh, Otherwise, what are you going to do? That was very quickly adopted by basically all of fandom. I mean, think about (laughs) what Jake was doing at that point. I mean, he he was setting the standard for a lot of the stuff. It made total sense. He was the person who was uh, basically live tweeting the show. Right. And so a lot of people's first exposure, especially before uh, there was a simulcast. Exactly. This is pre-simulcast. They basically saw that and, you know, first exposure, they imprint on it just yep. like a chick to a new, to a mother. You exactly. Know. So then flash forward a little bit, November 2017, over a year later, Funimation's English dub of the episode debuts and Beerus calls the character Grand Zeno the Omni King. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's kind of redundant because they say his name and then they give a translation of his name. That's very reminiscent of Viz's English translation of the manga, where they'll do something like Kaio, the Lord of Worlds. That is true, yep. So there's precedent for doing that kind of thing. But not in the English dub so much. No, no. Uh, they do half translations like King Kai. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Omni King. I mean... This was Jake's. There's there's no way around this. I mean, I'm sure someone could, in a bubble, independently come up with it. It seems extremely unlikely that someone in the foreign licensee camp was not aware of this. Right. I mean, that was basically everyone's exposure to it before the simulcast started. So even if you were coming it from a licensee perspective, if you were in the English-speaking market, that was probably what you've already seen yeah, yeah. before you get the official materials to work with. Right. And again, we're, we're talking at this uh, this key point in time in Dragon Ball Super where no simulcast exists. Um, let's jump ahead a little bit to when the simulcast is going on. Uh, obviously, Toei is going to make some different decisions. They end up, for this character, going with Zen space capital O lowercase h. You know, it's Fine. not yeah. a translation or anything of it, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically a, a possible transliteration of the name. Yeah. It doesn't convey the meaning of it unless you speak Japanese, but for a Japanese-speaking market, it's perfectly fine. Then we get to, all right, well, the simulcast exists. The first exposure that a lot of people are going to have, if they're not following Jake, you know, one hour before the simulcast goes live, is going to be whatever Toei provides in the simulcast. Right. And that that leads to some interesting situations as well. (laughs) We've had this era of pre-simulcast in Dragon Ball Super. Meanwhile, this is also working on the Dragon Ball Super manga. They have to come up with some character names. Some characters maybe show up in the manga ahead of the TV series or vice versa. And maybe they're going to agree with each other. Maybe they're not going to agree with each other. Maybe they do initially disagree and then someone changes to reflect the (laughs) other one. Can we talk about the clown? Yes. So Universe 11's God of Destruction, Berumoto, which is, uh, in terms of a pun, it's a pun on Berumoto, which is vermouth. We at Kanzenshu, 
uh, have been sticking with a spelling of Vermood with an with a D at the end. Yeah, to because convey the name pun, they do ad- adapt the the ending character on the name. Like that's the point. That's why it's a pun. Yes. So Viz and then later Toei for the simulcast went with Belmod, B-E-L-M-O-D. Yes. That's one of those swings and a miss. Yeah. Although it it does kind of remind me of, I don't know if you would call it a precedent exactly, but the uh, series Oh My Goddess from all those years back. There's a character whose name is based on uh, this uh, character from Norse, Norse legends called Ferthandi. Okay. And <laughs> which was Romanized and has always been Romanized ever since as Bell Dandy. Yep. And okay, that is that is a possible transcription of the name if you're working in a void and you don't get that Norse name pun series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same sounds at work here, even if it's not based on the same series of puns. So in that respect, I can see where they're coming from, you know, working in a vacuum. But... Yeah, they it does not get across the whole theme of all of the gods of destruction, which is alcohol. Maybe we need to pause then and talk about our approach to names, because we do try to balance as much as we can with pronunciation, with getting the pun across versus, well, what are the actual syllables in Japanese? Should we carry any of that forward? Uh, it's... It's not a science. It's not magic. It's a compromise every step along the way. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we try and preserve some semblance of what it's a pun on because Toriyama works love their puns. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, if you don't include that at all, you kind of lose the spirit of that character. Right. It's 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 part of the fun. And in, in no matter how serious or dire the situation is, there's always this underlying sort of absurdity, absurdity <laughs> right. that you have people who are transparently named after things like food. And underwear. And underwear beating the crap out of each other. So if if you don't include that, if you just have them, you know, evil McEvilson, and it's kind of like, well, okay. But then it it loses that edge of sort of winking, not quite self-seriousness that the series has always had. And this was a, a real tough one because... Uh I obviously I don't keep up with Funimation's English stuff. It should be no surprise to anyone. But Funimation had been doing a lot of these name debut sheets on Twitter, like these social media campaigns, kind of showing off who the voice actors were going to be for some of the upcoming characters. Right, and that's where we get some of Funimation's English dub name spellings before the character appeared in the show. And initially, Funimation went with Vermood, just like we went with. Right, and a lot of people were like, "That's not his name," because their first exposure was either Toei's simulcast or Viz's uh, manga translation. <sighs> so it was like, even when the biggest of the companies, quite frankly, makes the right choice, they're still hit with this feedback of that's wrong. I was like, what do you mean that's wrong? Right. <laughs> so they're in the situation that Consensu is often in, where it's like, why did you go with that name? It's like, why didn't you go with that name? It's just so funny to see the show in the other foot there with Funimation. Right. <laughs> and here we go. September 21st, 2018, uh, 11th Universe, Vermood, God of Destruction, Universe 11 on uh, social media there. We had uh, a mini topic on uh, Topo versus Top. That's true. Uh, I think yeah. you can go back and refer to that episode. Uh, Jake explained everything behind that name. I don't want to get into a, a super recap on that here, but that was definitely another example where Funimation went with a name choice that was totally different than what, including us, <laughs> had gone with. And they're met with that same 
response of that's not the name. Julian, I think this is just like I mentioned earlier with Beerus. It's such a funny situation being a fan of this series for so long and watching the change in fandom reactions as fans as a collective whole have gone from only exposure to Funimation's English dub to a large swath of fans being I've seen the simulcast. So I've seen it in Japanese first. Yes. And now just like we went with fan sub spellings and were met <laughs> by the dub audience of why are you spelling it that way? Now the official companies are being met with why do you spell it that way? <laughs> and, and I hope we can convey just how difficult it is. You know, even when we don't agree with Viz or Toei or Funimation, I can still respect that there was thought probably that went into why they went with that name for Funimation. A lot of the time it's probably going to be pronunciation uh, or ease of spelling or marketability of spelling. We don't have to worry about that. We're not beholden to that. We don't care about that. I mean, we're not an official company. We have editorial independence. We are perfectly uh, capable of coming to our own decisions on these matters. And, you know, we have people who speak Japanese and are fluent in the language and have children with citizenship in the country. And people who have quite honestly, more familiarity with this author in this series, then it's really tough to phrase it that way because it's it starts coming across as we know better, we know best. And that's the ultimate question here, Julian. Why do we, slash you, <laughs> feel <laughs> like you're in a position to look at these official companies, including the company who made it in the first place, Toei, for something like Dragon Ball Super. They've come up with a spelling for a character's name. Why do you feel like you don't have to spell it that way? Well, for one thing, we've done the research on our own and we think about these things, quite honestly, not from a marketing perspective. But, you know, what in our view would get that across best to an English speaking audience? And, um, you know, it's often the case that the company themselves will not be considering, you know, what what is the best for this character? But, you know, just what do we slap something on a product so we can sell it to people yeah it's it's a completely different perspective in that case and you know seeing it as fans versus seeing it as the rights holders are two different uh perspectives in that regard so with that in mind i, I just want people to think about name decisions like beerus and omni king and how that right. came, came to be and who went with what and why. And I don't choose those two examples just because we came up with them first. Right. I think those are great examples of, you know, sometimes they do line up. Right. So sometimes they won't. And in those particular cases, they're also quite distinct. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the disadvantages if you go with the, uh, Steve Simmons' spelling of B-E-E-R-S for Beerus is that you're going to get lots of ads for beer. Right. And that's but, something that Chris Abbott said in uh, one of the tweets that went out to him about why'd you decide to go with that name? It was like, look, you know, we can we can market this name. It's our own unique individual spelling. Right. It's something that you can actually use specifically as that. It's not going to apply to anything or almost anything else. Yeah, yeah. The same thing for Omni King, pretty much. If you say King of All, you'll probably get lots of religious things. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. In in that regard. But Omni King is sort of unique unto the specific fandom. So 
there you go. So I guess we can say you're welcome for those two. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any others from the history of the series? I always think back to Tullus. Oh, yes. Actually, before, so this was a funny one. Uh, I guess there are some Cardas cards that spell it with one L in there that uh, for some reason, somehow, you and I didn't actually come across yeah. when we were deciding what to come up with for a name. Uh, you ended up coming up with T-U-L-L-E-C-E because, right. well, it's a play on lettuce, so. Exactly. And um, and then Steve ended up going with that spelling, too, uh, because that would have been post-2005 Ultimate Uncut Edition when they redubbed and resubtitled those movies and Steve went with that spelling too and we're like oh cool we line up right and and I don't think it's necessarily him using our spelling I think I think it's a product of his using the same logical process that we did. For sure. Okay, it's a it's a pun on lettuce with the syllables rearranged. Okay, but uh, there's two T's in lettuce and only one L. But if you spell it T U L E C E, it sounds like it should be pronounced too less or to less or something or too yeah. less yes yeah, yeah, yeah. and so stick another l in there to mimic the doubled t in the original word so tell us yeah. so okay perfect yeah and i think you two were just in perfect alignment on that and that makes sense uh, i love that one yeah. anything else from the history of the franchise just some interesting name choices that we've run into or have been uh, you know, in contrast with the rights holders oh let's see i know there's a, a few out there there's always been Vegito. Which right. <laughs> we do the V E G E T T O. That's because, well, I started using that in 97 and I'm right. not changing my name. And I do remember the censored dub of Dragon Ball, but I don't think the uncut release later on um, used Shao and Mai for the characters mm. Shu and Mai. And that's yeah, yeah. an interesting case where they're using the Chinese name for the food that yeah, yeah. In, in the Japanese release uses the Japanese name, which is based on the Chinese name, but isn't the <laughs> same. Uh, so it's called Shaomai in, in Chinese and it's Shumai in Japanese. Mm. So that's clearly one where they had sort of thought it out to almost an unnecessary <laughs> degree. And then they backtracked to, okay, we'll just romize the names in English. Um, and, that, and that was one that I could sort of, uh, they, they, I think I may have even criticized them at one point for doing that. And then I realized later, oh, this is what they're doing. Yeah, I guess it wasn't so bad. Yeah. But I'm either way is okay with me. Another one that annoys me to no end is Corin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the cat who lives at the top of Karin Tower. Thank you. <laughs> and because this annoys me very much because Karin is based on the word Karinto in Japanese, which is a kind of snack. It's like puffed rice that's usually dipped in uh, like a, I want to say like molasses, but like brown sugar syrupy concoction mm -hmm. it's crunchy it's sweet it's good he's cutting because he's the keeper of karin to karin tower so changing the name loses the pun i can kind of see why they might have wanted to do that because to english speakers karin sounds like a girl's name yeah you look at that you might say karen right in fact there are girls in japan who are named karin yeah, of course. But they're not puns. You know, it, it, it loses it loses the impact. But again, it's a snack food that doesn't really exist in the English speaking sphere. So what are you gonna call him? Mr. Potato Chips? I don't know. Yeah, you could go with Whiskers. Whiskers the Wonder Cat. <laughs> That's a tough one. But yeah. uh, I think because I happen to like Karinto, that I think Karin is perfectly fine and valid. And that's just another great example of, <laughs> well, Viz went with it, so. You know, and, and sometimes it, it does come down to those sort of difficult decisions, and ultimately you have to make a choice. And sometimes you might not like the choice that they make, but it is a choice. And there's another one where absolutely nobody agrees 
on what to call them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so there's this character uh, toward, after the end of the Red Ribbon arc, but before that particular story concludes during uh, the tournament at uh, the fortune-telling old crone, Uranai Baba. I was going to say, you want to talk about another name where yeah. we keep changing what we're doing? Yes, because that's, that's literally a description of her name, but that's actually not what we're talking about here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> These characters, nobody, no, none of the rights holders have agreed on what to call them, but the big one that sticks in my mind is Akuman. Not, not to be confused with the later Akuman in the one-shot series of Go, Go, Akuman, which ran in V-Jump in 1993-94, but this one is a guy wearing uh, like a devil suit and he has wings and horns. Uh, Viz calls him the devil because, I mean, he's sort of an archetypical devil. And Akuman is, well, Akuma means devil and or demon. Well, you know what? Here's the reason why they didn't go with Devil Man. Because there's a character named Devil Man. <laughs> exactly. So it's 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 hard to just call him Devil Man in that case because, I mean, it's the same reason why uh, number eight from the Red Ribbon arc, it's tempting to call him Eight Man, but there's... Right. <laughs> An eight man who happens to be a cyborg who already exists in another franchise. It's like, beat me to it. So it's, it's, uh, so what do you call him? Well, uh, Viz calls him the devil and, uh, Funimation goes with, I think, Spike the devil. Spike the devil man I guess or something. I guess because with the horns and the pitchfork, he's spiky. They just came up with a name. Yeah. What are you going to go with? You give him a name that you can market. Yes. And then there's the, what is it? The Akumai, Akumaito Sen? Akumaito, Akumaito Beam? Yeah. Yes. And well, what do you call that then? Because Akumaito is like, you can split it apart if you really want to, like Akumaito, like devilish intent, kind of. That might be reading too much into it. Viz went with the Devil Might Beam, I believe. Yeah. That's fine. Yes. Which I think is actually a pretty, pretty snappy name, all, all things considered, because might, like their potential for evil maybe. I, I kind of like that one personally, and it might even be what I would go with being transparently influenced by their decision. You know, let's talk a, a little bit about maybe some of the name changes that we've done over the years. We've we've changed our internal Konzenshu style guide for some names. Oh, absolutely. I feel like one of the, the biggest recent examples, I don't know how recent it was, I forget when we made this change, uh, but we swapped over to using Bibidi, Bobbidi, and Boo, uh, spelled as is from the Cinderella song, because the names in Japanese are spelled as is from the Cinderella song. Exactly. And it's sort of not a matter of, you know, clever switching of pronunciations or spellings. It's just as is. And you know what? That's what Viz went with. And right. the whole time they were probably the most right for doing that. Right. So and and plenty of other other language adaptations have gone the same route. Yeah. And quite and Steve Simmons as well. Uh but you know, quite frankly, it's also a uh, we we switched them over at a time when there were starting to be other so other characters who were also transparently based on the same song coming out in Victory Mission uh by Toyotaro you had Salaga Mm -hmm. who had a Majin avatar in the game. And then you had Mechikabula from Heroes itself. So Salagadula, Mechikabula, bibidi wabidi boo. Right, right. It's of a piece and okay, fine. So we'll, we'll just make it like the song. And here we are in a post-localized Dragon Ball Heroes world. And unfortunately, I know Ian has a big problem with this and I definitely do as well. It seems like they didn't understand the names themselves. Maybe they didn't care or maybe they went to DB Wikia and just pulled whatever first name spelling they saw there because Mechigabula is 
Mechikabura. B-U-R-A. Yeah, that's what the comment is, but have you never seen the movie? Right. And that and that brings us to uh, other uh, boo-related puns like Dabra. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which has been in fan subs, for example, things like Doubler. Oh, I, and, I had Doubler. Yep. Yep. And and in the Funimation dub, it's Dabura with the emphasis on the U, um, which, okay, it's a legitimate romanization in the spelling, but the way you're pronouncing it completely misses the point. But So we just do Dabra, and I think this does too. D-A-B-R-A. I could also see people going with D-A-R-B-R-A just to get the long vowel across. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's one that, yeah, we're not internally consistent about because we do that for Zarbon. We do it for Tarble. Tarble was actually one I really wrestled with back in 2008 because I was like, look, it's the second half of vegetable. Yeah, but then it'll be pronounced as table by everybody. <laughs> exactly. And so that was one of those compromises where we're like, all right, we really do have to work on the pronunciation, the readability of right. the name. Exactly. And that's one advantage we have, I think, over the Japanese rights holders is that we are native speakers of English. So we can intuit how people are probably going to pronounce something when they see it written down. And I, I think that's uh, an advantage that you have of being a native speaker, not to brag. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, look at me. I speak English. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Try not to let the uh, kind of unearned admiration that you get from speaking English in Japan go to your head. Right. Um, But yeah. And uh, actually, one one uh, particular uh, name change in one of the official English versions that comes to mind that I actually found quite clever was in the Viz translation of the comic where they went with cultivars yeah for saibai man now saibai in japanese means cultivation or growing things like plants and man man is man <laughs> right and in fact even even in japanese there's saibai man tachi so right saibai exactly. mans well and we were just actually talking about this for the wiki we're like no we're calling them saibai men when it's plural like we're doing right. this <laughs> <laughs> yes so um in in uh, the the viz version they went with a a fairly clever translation a cultivar in english is simply a particular variety of a species of plant that's like a, like a breed of dog if you want to make the connection to animals i think that's a really good localization a la omni king it, right. it gets the point of the name while still translating it yes and this is one where we kind of go against our own principles in that we call them sci-fi men yeah yeah it's tough for me because that is one where you're hearing that over and over when you're watching it and when you're reading it and to have a name that doesn't resemble that pronunciation in any way. It's just a mental disconnect for me, but I can totally see what they're doing. I feel like if you go with cultivars, then do you start going down the route of extreme localization where he's no longer Napa, but do you call him like Letman or something? Greeny. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Because not Napa is a word for like any leafy vegetable. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, quote unquote name pun sheets that that assign Napa cabbage to him, but he's unrelated to that particular uh, Mm -hmm. plant. That just happens to be a coincidence. I do want to talk about the the wiki a little bit because we keep running into a lot of situations where we're like, wait, what are we calling that character? Um, We need to come up with a decision. And we've been putting off decisions for years because we don't want to make them. But now we have other friends working <laughs> with us. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, uh, one of the most recent ones that came up, Ken brought this up. <laughs> like, yeah, you're totally right. Is the fusion of Aba and Kado listed on the Japanese design sheets as Aka, A-K-A. It's like, but avocado is spelled with a C. So why aren't we calling him A-C-A? Yeah, you're right. 
We should. <laughs> it's one of the many, many choices we've finally been forced to make by our well-meaning friends. And it, thank it, you for thank you for holding our feet to the fire. Right. We appreciate that. And that's a tough one. It's, again, like it's written there in our alphabet right on the design sheet. So we should call it that, right? Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> Another one that we've finally made the commitment to is Kami Senin is the Turtle Hermit. We were really struggling for a while, like because again, internal non-consistency. If we're not translating Saibai Man as cultivar, why are we translating Kame Zenin instead of just saying Kame Zenin? So we're going with Turtle Hermit now. Uh, for a right. while, I was like, do we want to do Turtle Sage? Because I really liked the Sage connection right. with uh, his longevity and just more than just being a dude who lives by himself. Right. It's that sort of quasi-religious or spiritual aspect that makes his dirty old man character all the more amusing because he is... He he displays in his day-to-day life none of that sort of mystical enlightenment that you expect from that kind of character. And the word sending gets that across in Japanese. But does Hermit really convey it in English? I'm not yeah. so sure. But it's what people are used to hearing. And it's probably what they're going to search for when they search for the character, if, if not Master Roshi. Is that what we're going to go with? I guess... That's what we decided. You can't really win with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> so, you know, we're doing the same balancing act that I think a lot of the the licensees are going with. Uh, we're, we just don't have to be in a position where we have to agree with them. Right. And I think that still just brings it back to that question of why do you guys feel like you can be different? And I don't know, like, I want to pull the age card here. I've been doing this since 1998. I feel like I have a, a little bit of pull here. I, right. I, I can say I can do this. When I was your age, I was watching fan subs on VHS from third generation copies you can barely read the subtitles at all third generation that sounds like a masterpiece come on now fifth generation fifth sixth seventh i don't know maybe there's no video this episode (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i feel like that gets uh some of the thoughts i had in my mind across i'm glad you were here to help pull them out of me a little bit oh absolutely it's uh it's a good topic and i know people like hearing what we're thinking when we're doing this kind of stuff and some of the hard decisions we run into and why do we go with the things we go with. For the most part, we're generally pretty happy to explain why we went with what we went with. Uh, I find most people just uh, subtweet about it instead of actually asking us about it. Like, just ask. Everyone's more than happy to explain things to you. Yes, don't 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 throw shade at us. Just talk to us, you know. <laughs> um, but the, the wikis really brought this into the, the forefront for us because we get to interlink things every everywhere and (laughs) what do we call them oh boy so thank you julian it's my pleasure all right uh you're heading on home but you know we'll we'll keep podcasting absolutely www.kanzenshuu.com that is kanzenshu.com this is episode 472 of our podcast i am thinking next week's episode will be our dragon ball panel from castle point anime convention uh we'll see what the audio sounds like and (laughs) what i get through editing uh but it was a really good time. Again, thank you to everyone who came out. Love seeing you. Love chatting with you. Love showing things off for you. We did bring a few things from the archives. Uh, what do people seem the most interested in uh, after the Dragon Ball panel looking through? Uh, there were pe- people who were looking at the old V jumps, especially, and also just curiosity flipping through Psycho Jump and going, wow, there's all this weird Dragon Ball stuff in here I've never seen. <laughs> right. Psycho Jump is a, a fascinating piece of oh, absolutely. production. All right. Uh, that's it. Give you the website. That was Julian over there i am mike over here uh for everyone working with us this has been konzenshu the podcast 
Julian, wrap it up. Kanzen Shoes, a podcast, wa goran no sponsor no take you de o kristeimas. Nanchate, podcast, ya kara namon goran ni nare yaro. De, jikai mo, o tanoshimini. All right, we're recording. All right. <clears throat> I wanted to pull. Oh shit! I think I had it. Do I still have it on this one? No. Twitter um, advanced search. I've kept this tab open. I think it's on my other laptop. As we're doing wiki stuff and putting in things about names, I, I made a tweet where I I gave us the exact time codes from when we decided Beerus and Omni King. Mm-hmm. I want to pull that up for this. <laughs> Yours was, I think, an email, and then uh, Omni King was Jake's tweet, which is great because I have on record of, all right, someone made a decision. I guess we go with it. Yep. All right. Uh, we're recording. Awesome. <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. Do I need to be looking at anything in particular? No. Okay. Uh, this is casual. I'll just look at the figures on the wall. I was going to say, this is exactly like what we were talking about in the podcast episode, where you may not be looking directly at the person who's recording. You got to get used to that. I'm, I'm talking to Goku, who's doing a Kamehameha at me. I guess in many ways, this is just like recording online, where we don't look at each other. Yes. That's fine. It's a nice movie poster, though, isn't it? Yeah. I want more. I think that's the only one I have. It's 13. Do you have that uh, Heroes Bardock figure out yet, or is it still in the box? Oh, no, it's up on the computer upstairs. Uh, yeah, I want to make sure I look at him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally just purchased the uh, Goku Nyoibo Shintani figure as well. And I, I have them next to each other. <laughs> Which makes no sense. I should get a Dark Broly or something to put up there with Bardock. Oh, well. Anyway, all right. It's a thought that counts. <clears throat> 472. Blah, 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 blah.